You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale ends June 30. Sets up a one-on-one. It's the youth of Richards in front against Connor Jasney. Didn't mark. Got the boot to it. And it somehow got the goal. And Ed Richards lights up Friday night footy for the Dogs. Go Dogs go. They're back in front. Sags the ball to the side for Selwood who lets fly in the danger field direction. Hawkins to the front. Danger waited at the back. Hand pass over the top. Kelly got it to goal. A 10th lead change. The catch back in front. Falls to Kelly. Richards, not again. Oh, yes, he's grabbed it and put it on the boots. And it's all coming up. Goal for Ed Richards. He's kicked his third. And the Bulldogs are back in front at Eddie Had Stadium. Gives it to Johannesson, who doesn't pause. He waxes it right back to Wallace. Great who is composure. now within range. Great composure. His kicking has been the source of much discussion. And this won't get the job done. Across the face of goal. Punch the goal. Quick. Oh, it's Gathered and flung it under the boot in one motion. The dogs have got some breathing space. He's able to run it inside the forward pocket. Dangerfield couldn't mark. Ablett tumbles Lee. Goal. Oh, look out. One set of bounce to settle it all. 31 seconds left. Ablett gives the Cats a fluker's chance. Is there a hero? Taylor. Harry Taylor has taken the mark. With seven seconds to go, and he will have the shot. <laughs> I don't know if he kicks his footy like he did the first one. The dogs are going to breathe the greatest sigh of relief of all time. This is drama of the highest order right here. And everyone is feeling it. Everyone not sure whether to sit or stand uncomfortably. A collective hold of the breath around Eddie Hat Stadium. A defender almost all his life stares down 15 on the mark and kicks it behind. He kicks it behind and the Bulldogs celebrate like they did in 2016 when they won the bloody flag. (laughs) Six days later, it's all different for the Doggies. You know, I couldn't speak highly enough of every player that played in the red, white and blue tonight. Just huge contributions across the board and that perseverance that was there even when they, they headed us after we were up by four goals, just to hang in there and give, give ourselves a chance again, come again. Terrific perseverance from the boys. The Bulldogs rediscover the hunger and reignite the passion on a night that meant so much. Norm Smith medalist Jason Johannesson joins us. 
that the competition's really tight. You know, the accusation would be that we don't bring the same intensity to games like this. I'm not sure that the Bulldogs are playing um, like a bottom six team right at the moment, except that that might sound like a bit of a flimsy excuse. You know, I'm, I'm open to ways in which we can fix it. The only thing we won't do is you know, turn our back on it and, and hope for the best. We've just got to keep working to, to find a way to be better um, in these sort of games. A loss the Cats just simply couldn't afford. Instead of a push for the top four, their finals place is now very vulnerable. We'll see if star midfielder Mitch Duncan has any answers. I didn't mean to hurt Harris. Unfortunately, I did. I'm very sorry for that. And, yeah, I hope he gets back to playing football very soon. Unfortunately, it's going to be a long-term injury that will result in a number of weeks on the sidelines for ad surgery on his left hamstring today. A little bit embarrassed, sort of, join the names that I am joining him. Nichols, Silvani, Bradley, Dool. Jordy's a big boy and he's handling it pretty well. He'll work out and go through what he needs to go through and, and in due course he'll make a decision. Yeah, obviously there's going to be commentary around the, with my contract, with the news of uh, me being ruled out for the rest of the season. Tribunal, injuries, milestones, contracts. All the staples of the footy cycle are in the crunch and we look deep into the Tigers' benchmark victory over the Swans. It's another massive edition of Crunch Time for Honda and the TAC. Of the world after a thrilling night at Etihad Stadium. This is Crunch Time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au and the TAC safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Anthony Hudson greeting you from Adelaide this morning where later on I'll be looking at a pretty important game between Adelaide and the West Coast Eagles. The rest of the team have gathered in Melbourne, the scene of uh, of high drama from last night. It's a good morning once again to Jared Waitley and alongside him Dermot Brereton and Bob Murphy. G'day, Anthony. Hello, Dermot. G'day, Jared. Morning, gents. That How was a fantastic Dermot? game, wasn't it, to watch oh, last incredible. night? Yeah, I can understand the uh, emotion. It was the one time just to see what would happen, and I think he's a very good umpire anyway. I don't go along with a lot of the, um, a lot of the uh, chat. I'd have loved Ray to be standing next to the 12 on the mark. <laughs> and just Sorting them all out. He's the one umpire... If they had have had two or more on the true and definite mark, he's the one umpire who might have called it. I, I noticed they, in the, it, it. It's very difficult from the camera angles to suggest that they didn't, <laughs> but uh, 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 it would have been an incredible. Imagine brave if they called it. I know, but there's only one umpire who would have had the nurries to do it, and Ray Ray would have just a minute in nurries. Oh yes. Uh, but, is it, uh, look, that, is that, that, that's just a little byplay line. No, but but yeah. the question was asked in the post-match of Chris Scott about about the players on the mark, and he said, sort of well, I wasn't watching, so I can't really pass. You, you get about 75 minutes that, on the pitch each week with your players. That's a trainer. You're not practising standing on the mark like does that. Does that happen normally? Yeah. With a shot after that? Because my it initial does, thought was that, that that's, that's what happened. Not to that degree. Yeah, I was trying I was trying to think back. And I thought that's what sort of happened. There's the one that happened when Malcolm Blight took a running shot at goal and he scored a point and it equaled the score against Hawthorne. I think it was in the late 70s. And he was given the option of letting the point stand or going back and taking a shot after the siren 
a goal would win it, a point would draw it again, and he kicked it out in the full. There was about... <laughs> there was about... <laughs> Malcolm was... No, the, uh, uh, That's uh, funny. Uh, I've not heard that story from Blighty. I've heard other ones. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Malcolm doesn't bring that one up too much. <laughs> um, but it's a way, it, Can- the Hawthorne guy standing on the mark, there was half a dozen. But they were in what I would call layers. There's the, there was the definitive front line. <laughs> yeah, and then there was they were shuffling sideways, opposed to each other. And, oh, and I reckon yeah, there was yeah. a, a Brisbane Bears game where players oh, got on yes. other shoulders. I actually think it might have been Josh oh, Shepard. Simon, Simon, Simon Beasley, yeah. And it was, there was, was kids st- on the boundary line. <laughs> <laughs> can I, I ask Ben? I know, this only one a- would have, only umpire would have called it. This is a this is a, a, a cheeky but a serious question. Should it have been a score review? Uh, how so? Well, well we yeah, don't what, know. In what way? It, well, it should have been by the rule. It had yeah. nothing to do with which the, the 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 parameters of the score review is is taken into account. Oh, it doesn't have anything. Are you are you almost talking the cricket first thing well, they check out I whether it's a legal delivery? Cr- well, in the, in some of the other sports when they do the reviews, they actually go back to see if, uh, you know, the the, tra- the trail of the score, whether it... Uh, and in our case, if someone kicks a goal from the boundary, do they check whether the, the ball is over the boundary line or not when he screwed the shot at goal? Oh, don't take us down that path. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was, it it was, was the umpire on the spot who felt there was one on the mark and everyone else yeah. behind it. Th- there was so one other player that just crept forward a bit. Now, whether he got close... Anthony, yeah, put, that, that take, your Geelong, take your Geelong <laughs> yeah. jumper off, put Bob, your scarf down, take let, your boots yeah, off. So, uh, let's talk... Just the Bulldogs. So, you two... So, Derm, you've been a believer. You thought there were good things this season. Bob, you've obviously lived it. This was the moment that we've been waiting for. Where has this been and that they still have it in them? Just as I reckon Faith was going, they're never going to be able to produce this again. They're going to have to remodel it or rebuild it or whatever, reinvent it. But there it was. They got stiffened in the back line. Adams yeah. goes down there. The top, I mean, yeah. Tom Hawkins didn't bully anyone to, yesterday. He had a third quarter, which was pretty good, and and even in review, there was a couple. Of, there was three issues which I looked at his third quarter and thought, you could have got three more bites at the cherry. He's not doing everything possible. But Adams comes in so they don't get bullied by the monsters, and Morris comes in and he yeah. gives them that stiffer resolve the down anchor there. Points. But the directional process of playing in the back line. Apart from that, 22 players took the field last night and the Doggies had two players over the age of 25. Trango oh, and can, can, I read you, can I read you this? Ed Richards, 13 disposals, three goals. Shaki 15 disposals, two goals. Lipinski, 25 disposals. Uh, McLean become a, well, an outstanding player. 25 Tear away disposals. speed. 11 tackles. Gowers, what a story he is. 19 disposals, two goals, one. Lynch, 18 disposals on debut. Uh, Williams, 18 disposals and two goals. Norton was quiet last night. That's the group, and we know their injury list. I mean, it, it totally changes your perspective on the Bulldogs. And, and as we expand this discussion, what they may or may not do at the end of the season. The yeah. hunt, the but, yeah. willingness, it was the, the hunt, passion. Right, it was the hunt. It was all those things. That's been the trademark of Luke Beveridge's team at their best. Is that even spread of hunger and appetite and just swarming the ground. But I agree with Dermot. That's that's allowed because of the anchor points of the tools that just haven't been there or haven't had any influence. Adams, Morris, Tom Boyd has a much better game, combative game in the ruck. Gets his hands on the ball. And Shaki does his bit. Does it not a star, but kicks a couple, gets involved, 
Signs. That, that, yeah, that allows the media, the medium payoff gowers and then the, the sneak of Ed Richards. If Shaqy can get to the point where he, he's never going to be a, you know, like a Tom Lynch or a Brisbane a Gold Coast when he's up and running. He'll take five contested marks. He'll get 18 disposals. He'll kick three goals, maybe four goals. But if Shaqy can get to be a 12-possession, 14-possession player and you give him three shots at goals... At least every second week, he's going to get three out of three. So he becomes valuable again when we all thought he might disappear a little bit because of certain issues in his game. But his kicking is so good, he might make yeah. more for the less opportunities he's granted. More than any other key forwards, I think. He, he needs he needs someone else down there with him. He needs he needs a Gowers. He needs someone riding shotgun. If, he, if he's the number... If, he, if it's just as, as Lynch is at the Gold Coast and... Yeah. And Jack Revolt is at Richmond. Jackie can't do that yet. He's I, not. He can't be the number one. But if they've got, I know you're options. still emotionally involved in it. You know. You, you, you. I, reg- oh, I, I, re- think... I regret wearing my playing kit. That <laughs> 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 they, they, they are. <laughs> I still think the dogs are beautifully profiled to make a real climb at it. You, you mentioned it a second ago, Jared. They're older blokes. They're older blokes, you know, of that bracket, Wallace and, and, and the likes and Dalhouse. They're 25. Yeah. They're not old by league standards. Mm. They've got blokes like Roughhead, can't get a game. It's 25. Mm. They're not old. They have, and they're premiership players, yeah, Jerry. They have the biggest decisions to make in the off-season, I think. Probably. Is, do they hold faith with what they've got? Or do they pull it apart and remodel it? And the back half of the season will probably give them their answer. Peter Gordon said during the week there won't be substantial change. And if it it had continued down the path that most of the season has gone, I don't see how you could sit on your hands. But you see a night like that and see what it looks like over the next... They've got eight more games to see what it looks like. Will this group come again? That's I think that's the... They're a fascination for the back part of the season now. And they play, Jared. Hawthorne, Melbourne, West Coast, Port, North and Richmond. Six teams in the fight for positions. All of a sudden, their fixtures look a little different, don't they? The Bulldogs could be a real thorn in the side for a lot of those sides who, a couple of weeks ago, supporters as well, would have banked them. And now thinking, because they've they've got a lot to play for, the Dogs, for their position on the ladder. They've got a lot to play for, don't they? To get get their dignity back. What's What's Lynn John done somewhere along the line? Has oh. he not picked up the right uh, uh, um, medicine man bag or something? As he walked yeah. across the path of a black cat, many, but, under too many ladders. And it, there was a little bit of naivety in the way that you think in your mind's eye when Selwood gets tackled in that situation, he stomps his feet in and holds ground and uses upper body power to shrug. Lin Jong tried to run with the tackle and it actually built a bit of momentum and, and had him driven into the ground. It, it was a very naive way to try and ride the tackle or even shake the tackle. But I just... He's one of the, I, I don't know. I'm a bit heartless on some blokes. I think, yeah, well, they're all widgets. They're, every <laughs> player, they're widgets, you know. You, you've got 42 or 44 of them in your club. You lose a couple. It's all a numbers game. You don't want to lose your best ones, obviously. But some are going to go down. That's the percentage game. And so I treat them that way when I look like at a sausages. football team. you are the <laughs> Yes, the modern-day sausage <laughs> widget. Um, but it was one of the few times I just actually felt really, really sorry for a young man just yeah. getting the same thing again 
can't get a run into that no, poor bugger. He's, he, he? he's a heart and soul sort of player, John. He's, he's genuinely tough and courageous and very humble sort of guy. He's just he just has had a wretched run of luck, and he he just is. Some people you'd love to think that it evens out over the long run. You think, oh, well, everyone gets their turn at you know being injured and being out. And Jongi's already had his turn, and the, and more and yeah. more. Um, was and he, timing of it as well. When he came in, would he been the second ruckman last night? He, he uh, big big possibility because he he can really jump. Yeah, absolutely. He's bigger, so, he's bigger than what you might think. Yeah, no, he, so he's good size. I, I just thought uh, that that Boyd played a really good game because he had to do more than I I think they would have anticipated which him doing. Which has been, that's brought out the best in Tom Boyd a couple of times. Of when he does he does yeah. tongue it though a little while oh, for a yeah. while. No, he's, he's he's not got the best motor. No, no, he's we, we four. Have, we have Jason Johannesson coming up shortly. So just before we take a break and come back with JJ, uh, my main question on the game itself, there's a lot to talk about with the Cats, but why, Derm, this is for you, why was it six-on-six six all night? It was a great advertisement for the potential starting positions. We saw a fantastic game of football. Oh. I think the interesting flow onto that is there are a few people going, the game's fine. You go, no, no, no. Is What we saw last night is actually what we want is they did play essentially 6-6-6 six, six, six at nearly every centre bounce, is if the game is set up like that, long let that happen that's what you so get. good with the extra turn. Yeah, and they have several. It started off, Blitzarves was taking intercept marks when, myself included, all thought it would be Tom Stewart who would be the, the sixth defender against five forwards or seven against the six forwards. Um, I think the dogs, and it comes back to... Uh, Beveridge, I think, coached really well last night in pre-planning. He said, and he let a little bit of the cat out of the bag, so to speak, um, he said he wanted to score more. And I thought, oh, where the dogs have come from, they want to score more. That's going to make them more vulnerable at the other end. Oh, this could get blown. And in the first quarter, I thought, it's gone in there. The dogs have hoiked it in there, and there's been intercept marking, one from Tom Stewart, uh, I think three from Blitzarves, and, and a couple spread around. I thought, oh, they're going to get pasted up. Somebody at the other end for Geelong's mm. going to kick a seven tonight. Yeah. Didn't happen. So that was really well planned. And there was a thing we, we looked at at half time. The dogs used the width of the ground and retreated into their back line. I don't think they go backwards all that much, all that often, and retreat and go right around the back line to the other half-back yep. flank. They did last night because the Cats are so good, Hutto, at yep. setting up a zone on a ground 121 metres wide. And although it is almost the size of the MCG, there's an extra 25 metres in width. And what you're doing when you're on the far point of the zone, on the wing, you're the Cats, you're that winger player, you look at the players, the Geelong players in the zone in front of you who were squeezing into that other side of the ground, and you take them as reference, reference points. You don't look at the width of the ground behind you, and they got sucked in a little close, and the dogs were able to go around the back line and bring it express around the completely opposite wing. Yeah, they did and, that all and, night. And I just thought they played it so well, and the Cats weren't powerless to stop it. But it ended up getting into the dogs' forward line, and then they played a reasonably good pressure forward half game. Jared, just to take oh. you back to your point about sorry, Hutto, about the the six six six, so the even numbers. That's 
that's twofold because yeah, that's what we want. We want to see because there's even matchups. But what it what it also does. Morrison Adams is that, allowed that though. Yeah, that's right. But what what it allows the players to do in their own minds is that the human battleships are then taken care of. They don't have to worry. But there's not this sort of other little tricks going on. So their decision-making to create and play on is far easier to do. They're yeah. clear in the mind. So, Hutto, it's rather than being the point as to why not to change the game, it's actually the reason why we should head I, down this path. I, I totally agree. Totally agree, Jared. But I'm confused as to why Chris Scott allowed that to allowed happen it. or neither. I would have thought that his, it would have been worth adjusting. But anyway, they didn't, and we saw a great game of footy. This is crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. We'll take a break. It's 19 minutes past 11 here on crunch time. Jason Johannesson next, a little later Mitch Duncan, and all the footy stories on and off the field coming up later in the crunch. 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. The 107 year sale ends June 13. Welcome back to Crunch Time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Uh, later on, Mitch Duncan from the Cats, and we'll have... That's just a little bit in and out. So we've got Jason Johannesson with us from the Bulldogs after such a stirring night. Jason, welcome to Crunch Time. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. What did it mean last night? Well, you could probably see after the game the emotion of all the players, you know, jumping up and down. It was um, it was such a powerful win for us, especially in a close game against a great team. So who knows what can happen in the next couple of weeks. We just have to build on that, and uh, it's going to give this group a lot of confidence. So could you sense that in the build-up, that's... It was the night that you would lay it all out there. Yeah, definitely. We sort of spoken. we have nothing really to lose. We just have to go out there, take the game on, try and play our best footy, and who knows what can happen. And if we get a consistent um, effort from all the boys, you know, we can, we can beat any team. And it felt like it was sort of reinforced all night. It watched um, Marcus Bontempelli at quarter time and then Beveridge stayed a little bit longer at three-quarter time to, I guess, keep the, what, the arousal levels high. Yeah, we sort of had to, to, you know, sort of maintain the rage and, um, you know, just try and get everyone um, ready to go uh, minute by minute. So, um, yeah, Bonte was had some great leadership last night and uh, Bevo as good as, as always. JJ, Bob here. Congratulations, mate, on a on a stirring win last night. We, we were chatting uh, just earlier, just before you came on air, about the fact that the, the game last night was played pretty much with the 6-6-6. Now, you're, you're someone who sees the game tactically really, really well, but you're also one of the most dynamic decision-makers and runners in the game. Do you, do you feel like your creativity is kind of allowed to blossom when the when it is in that 6-6-6 sort of formation? Yeah, definitely. I think um, there's not a lot of confusion when it's 6-6-6, so you're able to focus on, on less, and um, so you, you're just backing your read and um, the pressure that's up the field and, and make decisions off that. And what about, can you take us in, were you, were you on the mark last night? Were you one of the 15 players on the mark as, as Harry lined up last night? Yeah, yeah, um, Rocky was on the mark and I was just behind him, just jumping up and down. <laughs> <laughs> so Rocky, Rocky was on the mark. He's the man who was on the mark. 
Yeah, so he was on the mark, and all the rest were just slightly behind him. And after Harry kicked, how did how did Bont finish up closest to Harry? <laughs> oh, uh, I think after he kicked, he just crept a little bit forward. Um, <laughs> oh, we're just having a bit of fun there, JJ. Oh, uh, we were just saying maybe Ray might have pinged that one, but I don't think too many others would have. But uh, it was it was a superb moment. Oh, it was incredible! Great drama, JJ. Can you take the, the last two weeks have been really dramatic? Can you take us into the take us onto the field and the tension in the last two minutes, two weeks in a row? What was that like to live through? Yeah, so against North Melbourne, we sort of got our, our structure wrong, um, and they were able to to use the middle of the ground and. Um, uh, get a overlap and uh, that Zebra was able to kick the winning score and this time um, we uh, tried to set up better but somehow Duncan uh, managed to get open in the middle of the ground and um, Taylor uh, got the mark and you sort of think back at the moment, um, oh not again um, so we sort of um, yeah we, we have to still learn how to um, set up properly in that circumstance and uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll go through it tomorrow in our review Jason, at quarter time, when uh, Bevo came down to you, did he talk about the kicking entrance into your forward 50? Geelong were able to pick off a lot of those long footies? Yeah, we weren't uh, lowering our eyes at all. We were just looking for the longer option. And at times, our deeper forward was, was a bit far back, so they were able to, to sit in, a, in front and uh, ready to play and uh, get into that mark. So we sort of tried to adjust that um, in the second half especially, and... Uh, we were able to do that and uh, kick some goals. Yeah, it was very noticeable. The other thing was you used the width of the ground very well. You were very comfortable retreating, for, say, from a half-back flank hard up against the boundary line to go right to the defensive goal square and out the other side. You were very comfortable in that. Uh, can you tell us what the explanation, you know, in your match preparation, let's do this because... Well, uh, just give us a little insight into some of the prep talk. Yeah, probably early on in the season, uh, we were playing too safe. We were trying to um, go skinny and go uh, down the line a lot. So we've, over the last few weeks, we've been really trying to take the game on, use the open side of the field like we, we did last night and uh, try and use the middle of the ground a bit more. So um, it, when we do that, you know, the teams have to defend a bit harder. So we're, we're spending less time to defend and um, giving us opportunities going forward. Jason, there was a young lad last night. Now he's playing in his first year, Richards. This kid, he plays with the enthusiasm of a bloke who's been told you've, you've got your last match ever. And, and I, each week I wait for it to wane. I wait for the young kid to run out of gas. He just keeps coming. Yeah, he's awesome to watch. He's so dynamic. Him and Billy Gowers especially, they, they just look, look like they're having a lot of fun out there and it just brings the enthusiasm out in the whole group. And just to see them use their power and speed is, uh, is incredible to watch. Even though Gowers is a young man, he's a bit of a journeyman already. He's been to Carlton, he, he couldn't get a game there, he's tried out elsewhere. So for him to walk into the club, get an introduction and then walk into the club, he would have been uncertain about himself. But what he's done this season has been nothing short of fantastic for for the Doggies. What type of character, I know he's an old man, but what type of character is uh, is the youngster? Yeah, he's a bit of a larrikin, he's a... Uh, um... He's a bit like Clay Smith in a way. He's always up and about, um, just running and muck in the change rooms. But, you know, we've, we've met him before. He played at Footscray last year, so we know a bit about him. And um, his development through pre-season just skyrocketed. His, his power and speed is amazing, and he just competes. That's what we love about him, and um, he's having, having a really good year. Jay, 
can you take us into Brad Lynch played his first game last night, a character around the club, an exciting player to watch. How how was he after the game? I'm I'm guessing he was pretty emotional. Yeah, he was. Um, it was so good to see Lynch here after three years. Um, Bob, you've spent a bit of time with him. He's he's such a raw kid with with enormous talent, um, and then he he played exceptionally well last night. And um, it was so great to have his family down there. He was, um, you know, it's a very proud moment for him and his family. Can you add to that, Bob? Given that he's been he's been called the next you. <laughs> well, he, he had two tackles last night, so I, I can't. Like, he's he's already gone past. He's already gone past me. I, Hado, he's one of those players, athletically really gifted, and he he was we got him in the late. I think it might have even been the rookie draft, and but we all we all come to the game at a different station of maturity, and I think I think everyone would have you know assumed at the time, maybe even Lynchy himself, that he was a, a long shot. But athletically, I mean, he's incredibly powerful and fast and skillful, but. It was it would have thought him an outside chance to, to make it, but now that he has made it, he really he, he really could be anything, Lynchy. Yeah, it was great last night. Jason, can you just take us back to last week and the Bevo spray? First of all, give it a rating out of 10, and then what sort of impact did it actually have on the players? Um, in terms of uh, from Bevo, probably a 10 out of 10 because I've never seen him do that before. <laughs> um, so he's but, never yeah. been that level before? No, nah, I've never seen it. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit interesting for the players. But, um, no, we deserved it. And um, when he finished off, he's, he's just basically said, we have to learn from this mistake. And, um, you know, we trained it all week. And um, we, we always look for the solutions and um, never blame the problem. So, um, no, that's just how we, how we dealt with it last week. And um, fortunately enough, it worked this week. Well, it was a wonderful performance last night. The question, I guess, now is can you replicate this? Can you take what you did last night and put it out on the field again and again between now and the end of the year? Yeah, the, the, two, the two, week, two weeks has been really good. Um, we're playing consistent and we're getting, um, you know, consistency from the whole 22. So um, I, I we're all confident that we can, we can keep building and get better. So that's all we have to do. We have to look to try to improve in areas and um, who knows what can happen in the following weeks. Have you got an answer as to why you haven't been able to play like that up until now, or is it uh, is it a fair bit of it to do with the player availability? Uh, not really. I think we fluctuate um, uh, in quarters and, and stuff like that. We can't maintain um, our, our plans, and um, over the last couple of weeks we've been able to do that. And, but I think our pressure has been enormous the last couple of weeks, and we know if, if we can do that, you know, our backs um, stay, can stay strong and. Uh, we can get out, give our forwards some opportunities. Who knows? We can, we can kick a winning score. And are you going to stay back now? Do you think? Um, oh, I'm not sure. It depends on on the makeup of our team. But um, I'm very comfortable back there. But if the team needs me to play a different role, I'm happy to do do so. Is it something that you, you continue to discuss with the coach? Like, do you, you, as you said, you're comfortable back there. I know you've got to go forward at other stages, but it, is it? It feels it just felt so right seeing it last night. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, I'm very comfortable back there, and um, I could set up set up my teammates as well as well as I can. But um, I can also give a, give a bit of creativity on the wing and up forward. So I'm happily uh, I can be happily to play anywhere for the team and uh, play my role. Well, well done last night. Outstanding performance from the team, and uh, it certainly gives you some the Bulldogs fans some hope and real reason to watch closely for the rest of the year. So well played. Ah, thanks for having me, fellas. Well Jason Johannesson.
joining us uh, on the program. What do you think on that, uh, Dermot Bob? He, he has to play back, doesn't he, primarily? Well, the elevation of McLean into the midfield, he actually gives them what Johannesson, they, you know, they expect from Johannesson when Johannesson goes into the midfield, and that is the gathering of the ball and the first seven, eight steps getting you over 10 to 15 metres, a tear away speed. McLean's doing that. They wanted Johannesson to give that to them. They don't need him now. They can they can leave him in the back line and, and leave him to express bounce the ball out. Yeah, I, I love the I love the idea of leaving, when possible, to leave that defensive group, keep them there, have that human chemistry. And I think so much Adams, to be said for that, isn't there? Morris, Adams, JJ, that's a... That's how, I, that's how I'd love to see him play. Has, has he been too funky then, Luke Beveridge, do you think, Bob? I know it's a tricky question because they need to be versatile and they've had a lot of injuries along the way and that's certainly played its part. But do you think he's tried too much on reflection? Well, I think one of the strengths of the team has been the versatility and guys being able to play multiple positions. But I, I, I'm a bit more conservative than what I think Luke Beveridge is. I, I'd love to see the back line a bit more um, just sort of locked in, that, that back six. So it, it's, I mean, he's cut his teeth for a long time with Clarkson. And Clarkson had a god-awful year for the first half of the year last year. And he remodelled the entire team. And he threw Gunston back. He threw. He, he turned Sicily into a defender. Now Beveridge has had a pretty ordinary year this year on the back of a second ordinary year after a premiership. And I just reckon Hutto, he, he thought, you know what? I'm not going to win a premiership this year, but I've got a list which is a, a building list, and its profile is going to grow really well. Why not get a little funky? Why not find out? After his sixth game, whether Norton can play forward, why not find out if Richards can play as a stay-at-home forward? Why not find out these things? Yeah, it, it can be deemed a little funky, but I reckon he he got that way after they'd lost. A, a, they did a handful start the year with Eastern, and again, I'm not critical. Yeah, Eastern as a forward, attack, there was a but they need one. They yeah. needed one. They needed yeah. a forward up there. So. What about the value of the old-time spray? <laughs> And picking your moment as a coach. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's still definitely got its place. Particularly, I mean, even you listen to Jason Johannesson then of, no, he, Bevo had never sort of taken, you know, he'd never gone there. Never sort of, not to that level anyway. So as long as the spray has impact, it's when you do it five weeks in a row that the players might start to roll their eyes and go, here we go again. But if it's you sparingly... Gary was very excited by very the excited. fact that it had worked uh, last time. Just one last one of the dogs. Uh, Luke talked post-match about the importance of a win like that. And when he was looking back, I think, in reference to those two wins over Sydney in the lead-up to the flag in, in 2016 from 2015 and, and, the, and the Premier year, Bob, how significant are those sort of wins? Uh, well, they, they're, they're huge for the for what they might mean for the future. And this is a pretty different-looking side. And as, as JJ again alluded to, the, the emotion after the game was, was very real and very raw. So a lot of new players in that side. And I think, if, especially when you bundle up the two weeks, so a disastrous finish after a, a match full of heart against the Kangaroos, but that's, that's really crushing for that group. Then to get a, to win a close one the week after, that, that, they're important seeds. But the coach play. had to take a lot of credit for that because what happens if you if you ask the players to give everything and they do 
and they get nutted on the last play of the night, they then can say, well, we gave everything and it yeah. still didn't work. Or the coach can somehow get to them emotionally and make them recharge and go again. It'd be very easy for a young group to go, well, that didn't work, yeah. which is what I think was a fair bit of what happened to them the year before. You know, we, right. we went so hard at the, the grand final. That was such a taxing style. We'll turn that on when we need to at the end of the year. There, there, there's a fair bit of uh, mental games goes on with the dogs and their game style over the long journey. All right, we'll take a short break. Before we do that, and we'll actually uh, have a discussion on Thursday night's game as well as uh, return to Geelong and chat with Mitch Duncan. But uh, let's check in with Russell Barwick now from Unibet. Five punters, four punters. Uh, morning to you, Russ. Morning, Hutto. Morning, boys. And what a weekend of footy we've got. Not a lot of interest, as you'd expect, in Carlton and uh, Port Adelaide. Although the Blues have been specced at the 35.5 start now into $1.82. Overall, though, $6.10 Carlton, $1.14 Port Adelaide. We saw what happened to uh, an odds-on pop last night. They got knocked over, so why not again? Adelaide in the um, middle game, $1.48. The West Coast Eagles, two seventy. No interest at all. Gold Coast and Collingwood. And then $1.60 GWS at home. Of course, uh, we've got the World Cup tonight. France, Argentina, Uruguay, Portugal, the two first games in the knockout stage. So go to the website, unibet.com.au. Plenty of racing, rugby league, tennis, golf, you name it. It's all there on the website. Download the app and gamble responsibly and enjoy the footy, boys. Thank you, Russell. Russell Barwick there from Unibet. Buy punters, four punters, and as he said, if you're going to have a wager, do so well within your means and gamble responsibly. It is 19 minutes away from the top of the hour. Uh, we'll take a break, uh, turn our attention both to the Cats and to the Tigers and Swans here on Crunch Time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au and the TAC safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. The Honda's seven-year sale ends June 13. Uh, it's been put on the uh, the motorised uh, sort of the morphine, the morphine stick. Well, it was a pretty touching moment. Probably sums up our footy club when just to see all the players get to him and you know just just all get a touch on him, which is uh, which is important. With 10 seconds remaining, he knows how big this moment is. Oh, he's oh. kicked it in the mouth. 50! France has gone over the mark and Buddy's gone on with it and let him know about it. Siren sounds as Buddy rams it through for a goal after the siren. And look at them all go to the bud. Just let the players play. Look, if free kicks are there, let's pay them, but let's be not inventing free kicks that aren't there. Franklin versus Rance. Franklin held on long enough. He's got to kick at 50 metres, but that is not a problem generally for Buddy. It starts in the perfect place and keeps on going. Buddy's kicked his fourth. To see that sort of battle on, on a Thursday night footy, that's what you come to the footy to watch. And, you know, we saw two guys going toe-to-toe and, you know, I really enjoyed the battle. Over the head of Florent, great interception. Here's trouble. Here is real trouble. Lambert for the sailor and he gets it. Tigers are home. I say um, something pretty funny at half-time, just to lighten the mood, but... Probably wouldn't be appropriate if I told you guys right here. I was actually started a Dreamtime game and it just, ca- it just carried on. Coach has given me the ropes, so I'll, t- I'll take it if he wants me to have it, but if he wants to take me off it, I'll be more than happy to let him have it. The theatre of Thursday night was rich. The footy was absorbing and Richmond won the heavyweight encounter by 26 points. There was so much to delve into out of it, Bob Murphy. 
and Dermot Brereton. Now, was it the heavyweight clash you were hoping for, Bob? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was the, the intensity right from the start. I thought, well, I haven't seen that this year. Um, it was yeah, exciting, and uh, I think the Tigers they got the win, but they also they also jelly legged Sydney a little bit. That Sydney looked fumbly early, which I hadn't seen the Swans like that before. Uh, it was a great great game, but it was the great sign of the Tigers, which a lot of those the really really good teams do when when the others when they get challenged they just have the ability just to rev the engine just to put just to gap them again they did it a couple of times they just it's the grind isn't it yeah they just go longer than the opposition they've just got another they've just got another gear that that the swans didn't have there's a the takeaway moment for me actually wasn't about football um and there's two people. There's, I reckon there's two players in the league. Everybody wants to know what's it like to be on the inside of them. One's Franklin, you know, what's he like as a person. The other is Dusty Martin. And when when young Jack Higgins was given the uh, has been given the uh, the mantle of court jester at half time, Dusty Martin, it's the first time I've seen a smile on his yeah. face. <laughs> And that, for me, was the takeaway moment, and it spoke volumes about Richmond. They are loving the hard work because they're loving being around each other. They're in the emotional and sweet spot. Are they fantastically placed there? And we saw it. We saw both the extremes of both the love and empathy they got for their injured mate, and then within the same game, they give the you know they give the stage to the to the young guy who just takes the tension out. Big game, big crowd is going up and up and up and up and up, and then they have it. They know yeah. they're going no, to level that out. And then Dusty Martin waiting for Jack Higgins to finish his joke. You can see the anticipation it's, he, on he Dusty's face. You can tell he doesn't even need to say anything. No, it's just he, like he it's could the just whole. say the grass is green, <laughs> and and it would crack them up. Uh, to, to see Dusty's anticipation, knowing that oh, I want this to finish, I want to laugh here, and and it was just a beautiful thing to see a man who is who is racked with emotion week in week out with the, his family's fathers yeah. out of the country, the pressure Best he's under, in the game. yeah, all that, and it was just a beautiful. Derm, can I ask? Human motion. Can yeah, I, this is emotion. your symbolism versus analytics. That's the it. case grows. Yeah, Richmond. that's right. So, Derm, I wanted to ask you of those those little those last moments where the players come together before a game at halftime. Take me back to the 1980s. Was there was it a would the mood of those circles change up or was it always Rocky Balboa sort of style pump up? It was always pretty similar. Yeah. Always pretty similar, and it, it never really. <laughs> it's going to sound bad. Sorry to Tucky and sorry to Ersie and sorry <laughs> to Lee. Care, did you? It never really did much for me. I was always going to do what I, you know, wanted to do for the team. But... Were you kind of relaxed before, like on the spectrum of relaxed and then headbutting brick walls in the build-up? No, Where no, were you? anywhere, anywhere. So, d- 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 so it changed from. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So if we were playing against oh, the wow. Brisbane Bears, you'd be you'd be on you'd, you'd be on the teddy bears picnic. You'd be feasting <laughs> out and you'd be having a laugh as you went out. <laughs> But then you'd, I'd play against Essendon, you know, before the game I'd realise, yeah. but I'd be rocking backwards and forwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was in an asylum just <laughs> waiting to go out there. So, And I found that I had to have those grades of emotion. Yep. But, and, and so to bring it back to right now, if, if you're asking a team, the Richmond are the best at the grind. They go longer and harder than everyone else, right to the final siren. If you're asking people to do that, that has to be uh, an emotionally uh, 
motivated charge to do that. So you have to be in the want. And to see them laughing and smiling before an hour of gut-wrenching, gut-running, hard physical grind, you know that they're going to give everything. Yeah, they but trust each other's effort. Oh, it's, a beautiful, they're not, they're it's beautiful not, to I, see. I get the sense. Trent Cotchin's not... He's not anxious driving into the ground of, gee, will my boys show up in the first 10 minutes or for the whole two hours? He, he knows. He's, yeah. he's seen what they've done for so long that the way they... He would see it during the week, the way they attack the training on the field now, and I would, the game. Uh, I, I wouldn't suggest the Saints come out and tell a joke amongst themselves. No, You've got to have a few the, runs on the board. That's yeah. the, but that's yeah. exactly right. That's yeah. the difference. What were you going to say? Who's the, most important of the big, who's the most important of the big four from here for Richmond? Because Jack played the best game he's ever played just about the other night. Dusty's not at the same level he was last year. And, and he, he obviously you've got Rance and Cotchin. Um I, I tend to think Dusty is. He can separate the teams. Uh, Jack can play. A, I mean, his game was superb. It's a good reminder of his greatness. Wasn't oh, it? Have, that's as good a good game as I've seen for yeah. a few years by anyone. That was a complete yeah. performance. But he... The likeliness is he's going to be very good again, but he's not going to reproduce that to that extent against the sharp end opposition again. That that was that was a blinder. That that came from that was extraordinary. He's but going he to be very good. Deeper derm, his starting positions. It was hard for me to tell off the off the TV, mate. But he, he, right. He, he, uh, what I did notice about him was he made straight lines at the footy. Now we talked. Two or three years ago, there was a lot of talk. Just anchor him in the goal square and let him be a full forward, you know, hold him back, all that sort of chatter. If Jack doesn't become the uh, aerobic beast he is now, lose all that weight and, and participate in the team, he can't take those overhead marks like that. He can't jump that high. So this is all part of the build of this entire athlete. He's he's going to play his even if he doesn't play like that he'll be playing his role within the team forward line and that will serve Richmond well anyway. But Martin in the middle with his ball usage can separate the Tigers in moments of need. I still think Dusty, who has another level to go to this year, is probably their number one out of that big four. Hutto. Yeah, I, I can't I can't really split them split them Hutto. I must say, but but if Dusty yep. gets into that that form that he can that that does that's that level that Richmond has that I don't think anyone else has shown just yet yeah. it does have that if you are a believer it's Richmond or it's anyone is I just think that that's the narrative of the season it is, is we can overcomplicate it you go it's Richmond or it's anything yeah um, but most likely it's Richmond can, can I ask I viewed the the rants and I'm reading a lot of uh, um, dialogue about rants pantsed him and whatever. Yeah, he got some free kicks, but I thought it was line ball until the last quarter, and then Rance attacked the footy in the air and led Buddy to a few intercept marks, and then I think he got on top, but I thought it was line ball all the way till he got some nice yeah. free kicks, no doubt about that. Rance definitely went over the mark on that 52. It was a matchup with, I thought, weird moments, and you could clearly tell that they live it, the two of them, almost to the point where it stifled what they were trying to do. They were so obsessed with, yes, I know this is him this versus is the, yeah. me, that it just led to some really weird stuff until the last yeah. quarter. There was the down in the forward pocket, city end, member side stand, when the ball went over, 
and Rass was second, and, and it's, a, it's an action I, I detest in league footy, but he's turned around and with two open palms pushed Rance in the upper chest. And Rance's head, he threw his head back, and I reckon for a moment there, uh, Alex thought, he thought about I'm going to go down yep. here and milk a free kick, but he didn't. <laughs> And he kept his feet. But then Buddy had a few moments as well where he uh, he he showed he's been to NIDA as well. Let me give you the injury update for Arnold Thomas and Becker. The injury woes last night for the dogs. Lin Jong, who can't catch a break, a late inclusion. He lasted 15 minutes. He's broken his collarbone. He was in for Matthew Suckling, who had Achilles soreness. The injury update for Arnold Thomas and Becker. Over 50 years' experience in personal injury law. And the 40-wink series about sleep ladder, Geelong, We'll turn our attention there next. They could finish the weekend out of the eight. They sit in seventh position. They're in the pack. No, they're chasing the pack now on 32 points after untimely defeat last night. What does it mean, particularly with three tough weeks to come? This is crunch time for Honda and for the TAC. The award-winning crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale ends June 30. The first two games of round 15 have jolted the season back to life after the bye rounds. First Richmond in the heavyweight encounter over the Swans and then last night an affair which changed hands 11 times and ultimately was settled after the final siren when Harry Taylor missed the shot at goal and the Bulldogs produced their best moment since the Premiership run of 2016. Two-point winners over the Cats. This is crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Jared Waitley and Anthony Hudson with you, Dermot Brereton and Bob Murphy, as we take the three key takeaways out of last night. And now it's Geelong, who may very well end the weekend outside the eight. The four seems a long way off now, and they hit these three weeks, which was what made last night so essential. Sydney in Sydney, Adelaide in Adelaide, and Melbourne at Geelong. Just how vulnerable are the Cats? Their bottom end played pretty poorly. Uh, one of their stars, oh, well, okay, don't protect him. He's the champion, and he's going to... Uh, we're not calling the end of his career or anything, but Gary Ablett played the worst 30-possession game I've seen for some time. He fumbled all night and had very poor gains, uh, but he's going to strike back within a week or so and be exceptional once again. Um, but down the bottom end, whereas you can get something out of Zane Cordy and, and Morris, you know, 12 possessions each and they're at the lower end, you didn't get much out of the Fogarty 13 possessions or Cunico or or Parsons, Parfitt. Some of them, those boys are... Uh, are talented, but you just didn't get much out of them at that bottom. It'd be a really hard game to review, I think, for Chris Scott and the Cats because, and I, I think it would be a tough one even for Geelong supporters just to digest. Of well, the Bulldogs are fourteenth. We could have won with the kick after the siren. You know, you lose by a whisker, pardon the pun, but but we all watched the game last night thinking that was a great game. That the the standard of that game was so that's. You could, that's not a 14th place side performance by the dogs. So I'd be interested to see how he reviews it, Chris Scott, because there's always a mood to the review. There's the there's the things we did well. There's the thing we need They're to work on. They're a very emotional team, Geelong. Yeah. They play on emotion a lot, and and it, and 
we were always of the belief uh, in my playing days that you took on the demeanour of your coach. What he gave you was the demeanour you take. And you see Chris Scott, who's clearly an excellent coach, clearly uh, tactically very strong, clearly he motivates his players, but all the gesticulation, all he that. Rides the, he, he rides the, yes, the bumps and the emotional Yes, he is so way. emotional in the box. I reckon that filters onto the players as well. I don't think he's a, emotional, Derm, though, in the way he talks to the players. He's not a big ranter and a raver. I don't, we don't know that, but if you know your coach is that way and you're performing, it's, it's got to have an effect on your psyche of how you perform. I, I, I'm convinced, Tato, that players will adopt the demeanour of their coach. Now, he, he might talk to them calmly, and every time we see him in the media, he's such a polished performer, but it, it strikes me that Geelong are a very emotional team that, that, that have their great wins that are charged up. Well, I suppose most great wins are emotionally charged, aren't they? But their their losses when they're unexpected are deflating losses. And I, I yeah. would think that's a fair bit of deflation. Their form night. had been good in their losses, yes. broadly speaking. Hawthorne by a point, a game that could go either way. West Coast, they were going to win until they ran out of players in the last quarter. Sydney, they, well, Sydney overran them in an extraordinary way in the last quarter down at Geelong. And they went the distance with Richmond at the MCG more than any side has done across this stretch with the Tigers here. But it's the maths now. They're 8-6. and six. They've got three games at home that you would expect them to win, Brisbane, Fremantle and Gold Coast. But Sydney and Sydney, Adelaide and Adelaide, Melbourne at Geelong, Richmond at the MCG, Hawthorne at the MCG. Is Will they fulfil the maths and win their 13 games to, to make the finals? Well, they're good enough to. I mean, they are a... Um talented side. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned for them at the difference between their their top players and the blokes who are coming in at 16 through to 22. Yeah, I think this is the sort of the overlooked part of Geelong is eight debutants last year, six debutants this year. Yeah. Is They have reinvented themselves with 14 players across a season and a half. They have They've kept the fluctuations to a minimum, but I think we're starting to see the fluctuations, which should be part of that profile now. They semi-regularly kick 100 points. Um, their last four weeks before last night, uh, they, they the fourth best scoring team in the comp. That's kind of inflated by the Gold Coast uh, win, which was a monster win. They, uh, they got their 100 just again last night. To me, if they're going to be playing three games in a row in September, their forward line has to work better. Just just has to work better. And, and I, Menzel to return next week, most likely. Scott Selwood. Plays today, doesn't he? Plays yes. this weekend? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit more for Dangerfield playing forward, just to give you that wild card ability to kick goals. Jason Johannesson was with us on crunch time a little earlier. The intensity of the beverage spray, it's, all, it's entered 2018 footy folklore already. Beverage has been playing it down during the week, but JJ got to the point. In terms of from Bevo, probably a 10 out of 10 because I've never seen him do that before. <laughs> so he's but, never yeah. been that level before? No, nah, I've never seen it. It was a bit interesting for the players. But like, no, nah, we deserved it. And when he finished off, he's, he's just basically said, we have to learn from this mistake. And, you know, we traded all week and we, we always look for the solution, never blame the problems, how we, how we dealt with it last week. And fortunately enough, it worked this week. When you think about it, Bob, what do you imagine a 10 out of 10 from Luke Beveridge looks like? <laughs> Well, 
the one I remember where he really did get because whilst it might have been a ten out of ten spray, it's not. He doesn't sing kumbaya to us, you know. Or he didn't in my time. He's he's got he's got fire, but it might not sort of you know it, the volcano mightn't always burst. But I remember he gave us a spray. we well, beating being beaten by Gold Coast up in in Cairns halftime or we down by quite a bit, and he. He, the volcano, he was giving it to us. And then he turned around and he hit the whiteboard with his fist, bang, and every single magnet fell off the board. He said, well, that was bloody good, wasn't it? And so we all <laughs> fell into laughter, and then we go out and kick 10 goals in the last quarter and win. So it must have been a big one. But, you know, I think the thing that gets missed in this story is, which I think is probably even more interesting, is the fact that he... They did a little mini video review in that post, but that's that's very unusual. But I think I think it's really effective because often you talk, coaches will talk to players straight after a game. Players don't know; they can't remember their own no. name, <laughs> let alone what happened in the third quarter at the stoppage. You know, there was not you know, the wingman wasn't in the right spot. But if you if you've got the the visual tool there to help, it does put a bit of meat. It's not just a it's not just a lunatic sort of sh- you know firing away. Can I, and I know it's a slightly side subject here, but mm-hmm. addressing what Bob said, how many games you play? 312. 312. So I, I assume the majority of them were under another captain. You played captain in the last couple of years. Can you remember any commentary from a captain's address, a coach's address, where you've walked out of that meeting at before the game, half-time, three-quarter time, whenever, and thought, yep, I'll take all of those points out, and I remember every one of them. <laughs> no. In 300 games, can you, do, can do you, you actually do, accurately do you know, say, do, say... Do you know, when you ask me that, do you know what my mind goes straight to? What? When, and I, he shall remain nameless, but when a captain got us in before a game to give us that, and he completely lost his train of thought, balls it up and started <laughs> laughing. That's the one, that's the one, I, and I can remember every syllable of that one. Well, I, I, my jeans was the master coach for me, and he'd come out with probably, he liked to keep it simple for the stupid blokes like me in the room, but he'd come out with five points. The most I ever remembered were two. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of coaches that, you know, you know, during on the Monday, they'll say, you know, do you remember what I said at quarter time to you blokes? No. I'm thinking, quarter time? May as well be 23 years ago, mate. We just don't take it in. Yeah. So the third takeout out of last night, it was, I sort of drifted down the path of thinking the Rising Stars settled and it's going to be Jaden Stevenson and then Ed Richards does that. It's the Rising Stars not settled. I'm, I'm prepared to just back back the truck up there as Richards is right in the conversation. Oh, my word. And if he keeps going the way he is, Jaden Stevens is going to have to keep his his uh, standard at, at that same level as well. What's and been incredible race. about Ed Richards? He, he's done it at both ends. That's, well, they've that's moved him mo- already. They've moved him already. <laughs> yeah. I did hear, I, I, I got a, a whisper during the week, there was a bit of talk about, you know, maybe we put him in the midfield, and I think Bevo at that point said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> boys, yeah. he's yeah. 19, you know, let's, right. he's done it down the back The thing with Stevenson is he has another level to go to. I've seen him play junior footy, and, and we oh, talked to Nathan he's, Buckley last week. His ability to sidestep somebody and get forward of the opponent when they're facing him, just putting up the corral block, his ability to get around them, we haven't seen that yet. When he starts... Dancing that one out, we're going to go, whoa, this is right, something uh, extraordinary. Mitch Duncan's waiting on for us soon. We appreciate that as uh, he and we reflect on last night's ultimately disappointing but extremely exciting game. Mitch, thanks for your time. G'day, guys. How are you? 
We're good. We've been trying to assess the game, and, and Bob made the point it'll be a difficult one for, for Geelong to assess because even though you lost the game, you were definitely expected to win. It was a high-quality game. Did it feel that way out on the field? Yeah, it probably felt a lot more free-flowing than uh, usual. It was our first game that Eddie had. Um, a lot quicker deck than, uh, than most. Uh, probably, as I think Scotty said in his post-match, six fours ahead a lot. Um, so battle the midfield and I think they probably got on top of top of us there with um, you know their contested ball numbers and, and even ground ball numbers getting to the next contest and outnumbering and probably just outworked us in the end. So was the six ahead of the ball all night uh, part of the plan that you thought you could win that midfield battle? So you were happy and the, and the coaches were happy to leave it that way? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's, I, I suppose we um, you know thought our forwards would be dangerous dangerous enough as well to. Um, you know, win their contests and uh, and then, you know, we got to try and lock the ball in our, our forward half, but we just couldn't manage uh, manage that at all. So um, it was something that we'll, we'll look at during the week and, uh, and learn from. You won centre clearance again last night as you did against Richmond and clearances have been an issue at times this year. As you said, you got beaten in the contest. I guess from a Geelong supporter's point of view, trying to work out and, and a Geelong coach point of view, you've got all this... A-grade talent, you amongst them in the midfield. Is it still taking a while to sort out who's doing what? Uh, yeah, I think I think it is. It's just our balance. Um, even just around the contest, they, they manage just to have the extra numbers around um, and, and they use their handball, which um, they do very, very well. And we just yeah probably couldn't manage to stop that well enough. I think our, um, I suppose our second and third phase, getting out after the ball, just wasn't up to scratch as well as the Bulldogs. So, um, yeah, but as going back, yeah, just our balance around midfield. And, and yeah, we, we probably are still searching for that right mix in there. And, um, at times, they're going to have different looks because um, as, as we need to, people going off and going forward. But, yeah, still trying to, to find that number one uh, kind of mix. Mitch, watching last night and the functioning of your forward line, you still kicked 100 points, so it's not it's not not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But I noticed a couple of times you had two key forwards, and that that being Harry and of course uh, Big Tom. The amount of times the ball went forward, and neither of those two were quick enough to read the incoming ball, which had a carry of about you know three to four seconds in the air, and the opposition were able to intercept market. Are you looking? Do you need a danger field or someone up there who's more agile to get on the end of those balls to 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 actually compete in that area? Yeah, I think we're really missing Daniel Menzel. Um, he's playing in the VFL today, which um, you know be really good and hopefully gets through that game game well and, and puts his hand up. I think someone like that, um, and then that allows Connor Paddy to play a bit higher up the ground um, and probably more in the midfield, uh, probably where we want him. And then you know when he rests, he can he can go forward. So I think Daniel Menzel is a keep personnel for, for our side and the way we want to play at the moment and uh, to get him back will be, will be good so fingers crossed to get through the game pretty well. I know you're always going to back in every teammate um, so it's going to be slightly difficult for you to answer this but is the mix right up there at the moment? You, you've got Tomahawk, you've got uh, uh, Harry, you mentioned Menzel if he comes back. What is the mix you like to look forward at and think this is going to get us 110 plus points per week? Yeah, it is a hard one, Derm. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, Big Hawkey um, is definitely up there. I think you still still need another another target up there, and then um, you know play like Mendel, and then you have your three smalls. That that's I think is is the best look. Um, Who are your smalls? 
Oh, Lincoln McCarthy, when he's fit, um, brings a, a, lot, a lot to our game. Game style with his pressure and um, his toughness, and he can kick goals. Brandon Parfit, um, you know, sub- um, supplies us with a lot of variety. Um, and then, it, yeah, then it's, I suppose you got, you know, a lot of, you got Jermaine Jones um, that can go through there, Corey Gregson, Parso, and they're the blokes that, um, you know, really putting pressure on each other to, to get that spot. So we, we continually need that. Uh, we need them playing well and, and contributing each week. Mitch, Bob here. Bad luck last night, mate. I was just I'm curious. You, you've got you've got the Swans next next Thursday night, so it's a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, how did how did the boys get through? They you're pretty banged up. And and the other thing with with Daniel Menzel playing today in the reserves, if he is there a chance he would only play say a half or three quarters of that game in hope of that he might he might slot in next week. Yeah, I'm not a um, over the whole the whole plan at this stage. I'm, I'm sure the coaches know a bit more than I do, but um, if it was me, I would probably be managing him a little bit, um, just because I think he's so important for our structure. But you know, he might need the run. He hasn't played for ten odd weeks, so um, he's definitely going to need a run. Um, he trained really well while um, over the break, so um, yeah, he did a couple of really big sessions. And yeah, we'll just have to wait and see on that. I'm not 100 percent sure. And what about Harry Taylor, mate? So after the game, uh, obviously, you know, disappointing loss, close, get the opportunity. What, what, what's, what's Harry's temperament like? Um, well, he would he come out and spoke on Channel Seven, have a listen to the whole thing. But you know, he was, he was more disappointed probably for his teammates rather than himself. Uh, he said he always wanted to be in those big moments, and he has, he has. Um, I suppose taking some key marks in big moments to help us win, and this time he was on the other end, um, you know, kicking the goal, which is he's not his natural, I suppose, game. But you know, to get himself in that position, um, you know, it's a credit to him. But I'm sure he'll be out there. He'll work really hard on. Um, he'll probably have 100 shots on that spot uh, this week. That's the kind of player he is. So um, yeah, we rally around him, we support him, and um, you know, to get ourselves kind of in that position is is good. But yeah. Unlucky, I guess, in the end. We, we probably shouldn't have allowed them to score uh, over 100 points. We're having a little bit of fun this morning uh, at the, the Cats' expense with the amount of men that were on the mark for Harry. What, <laughs> where were you? What were you thinking? And did you think there was more than one actually on the mark? I actually was walking away from goals because I, I was looking at the big screen. and You didn't want to watch? <laughs> nah. I was all right on watching the crowd reaction and as soon as I saw the Bulldogs go up I head was down and um, then we yeah, rallied, obviously went around rather around Harry and um, got around him and that's just that's footy isn't it just take us to the final play Mitch so I think the centre square was Kelly Narkel and Selwood with the game on the line 31 seconds to go so Dangerfield was deep forward Where? how did you decide and then where did you go um, I was kind of off the back of the square just Kind of rushing in. Um, I'm not sure how they decided the um, the mix in the middle. Uh, probably need some real kind of agility in there with TK and Nark um, just to try and get the ball forward. And they did a great job of winning that that um, key centre bounce. And then yeah, just, we just attacking really. We um, I suppose you'd rather lose by two goals and um, 
you know, lose and by have one. A shot. So, yeah. Yeah. so that yeah, couldn't so. have gone any better. You ended up with yeah. it and, and kicked it in, and either Dangerfield or or Taylor are a good chance to mark it. So it's a great kick. Yeah. So how how instinctive and on the fly is that, and how much does that fall back on? We know what we're trying to do here. Yeah, we we do uh, a lot of work on scenario based. I'm sure a lot of the clubs do. So we kind of. Nigel Appen, the runner, was out saying that we, you know, we need to start taking the game on and go to a few of these plays that we've been practicing. So, and they did; they paid, uh, they worked pretty well, and we managed to, to nearly pinch it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's still a learning curve, and um, you know, when you, it's good, probably good. There's a really short week this week, so we can uh, back it up, same really well, and get to Sydney and, and really focus on, on playing them. Yeah, I comment to the boys before I just because because. Um, Scotty's such a, an emotional coach, yet Hutto reckons he speaks to you guys very, very calmly. Do you guys take on the demeanour of your coach? Do you get that emotional uh, ride with him, or, or is it just business as usual and you take it the way you, you feel? Yeah, he is, he is pretty calm. Well, for someone that, um, you know, play with a lot of anger and... Um, you see him in the box, a lot of emotion. When he speaks to his players, he's very calm. He is very calm and um, you know, very constructive in in, in his approach. Um, we we cop a little bit from Matthew North. He, he gets a bit um, a bit antsy, which is good. Cause we need we need it every now and then. And with our players, our older players, they're the ones that really you know put it on the group to um, you know lift or um, demand more from each other. Not so much the senior coach at the moment. So he loads up the good cop, bad cop, and, and neither is the bad cop. <laughs> oh, he gives you the slap with the, the phone that's book. That's the secret to longevity. That's a purely for the midfielders. I'm not, I'm not sure how Scarlo <laughs> operates too much, but I could imagine he would give a mean spray as well. So. <laughs> Very so, good. So, Mitch, uh, where's this leave you now? Looking ahead, it's a tough run, a really tough three weeks coming. You're in that scrap just to make finals. Yeah, absolutely. It was a really important game, which is, really disappointing for, for us um, you know it could yeah it's put us really right back in the pack now so um, yeah we've got a lot of work to do and um, we're just a mid-range team at the moment so a lot of improvement um, from everyone has to happen if, if we're going to make finals and, and then uh, be a key contributor there so um, yeah it's just hard work and I'll probably just understanding the moment as well and, and where we're at what we need to do to, to improve and just one last one, Quentin Narkel last night was it was fantastic, both on the field and the celebrations with his family as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, credit to him with his preparation over the past year and a half with his with his knee and uh, you know coming back and, and playing really well in the, the VFL and then getting his opportunity and taking that. And uh, I dare say he'll be playing next week on on that performance. He played the right way, kicked a couple of goals, created some real real excitement for for us and the fans. So. Um, yeah, it's, um, he's a great young kid, great leader of um, of his friends and, and his family. So, yeah, quality, quality person. I saw him Thanks play for... uh, two or three games, uh, Mitch, just before you go, uh, in, in the in the Magoos, and he's got some real cheek and spunk about him too, which we didn't really see last night. When he brings that to the table, he's going to be even more loved. Yeah, absolutely. Those blonde locks, you can't really go past them, Derm. Uh, <laughs> No, but he is cheeky like around the... Around out there. Yeah, I wish I was that way. <laughs> no, he does. He's got a bit of swagger about him, a bit of X factor. And you've seen his speed when he when he gets going and a uh, really good finisher too. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to playing with him for, um, you know, a, a few more years. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys.
Mitch Duncan joining us there. Um, just quickly off the SMS, a bit of feedback as or is after a loss. Is Chris Scott too soft on the Cats? Always has excuses when they lose. Should have said it was unacceptable for a potential top four side to lose to a bottom team. Sick of warm and fuzzy from Chris Scott. We turned it over in the dog's forward line at key moments. Too many talls. Smashed in two preliminaries because of that. No forward pressure and defence. Too tall and slow. We won't learn. A very tall team. I thought you were one one tall defender too many last night, Hutto. Yeah, which and you had Henderson's, a, but Henderson's yeah, you, a potential player to come back. So that's still a real a quiz, isn't yeah. it? For Colin Jasney, that 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 Strum. lad Richards who who kicked the, that goal off the ground. Colin Jasney was trying to match him on the deck in front of goal. So it was. It, I thought Beveridge coached really well, and I thought Scotty at at the halfway mark of the match would have thought gee, we, we haven't got the right team here. We can still win it, but we haven't got, ideally, for the matchups, haven't got the team that we should, that we really need. Plus, a lot of his smaller guys actually were not all that good last night. But, uh, yeah, I thought you won too many in the forward half, and I thought you were one mobile forward short. Game on the line, Hutto. Gary Lyon had asked Matthew Knights in the lead-up to the game, what's your dream set a square set up. I thought it was really telling that there were two first-year players in the middle with the game on the line. Selwood, wow. Kelly, Narkle. So a debutant. Yeah. Kelly, who'd had it so many times at the end of the game, and Selwood, and that was how they deployed. They had two first-year players in the middle with 31 seconds to win the game, and they got their shot at goal. And I, and I thought, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I thought the other thing was that Ablett was on the outside of the square. So he was up in the vicinity. Normally, Ablett said, I'm going in. And who's going to stand in the way of Gary Ablett? But he, they kept him outside that's the a, square on the wing. That's a very real status thing too, within football clubs of of who's in, who's the who are the A team in there, but also in the big mark, who who do we go to? So that's a there's a pecking order amongst the midfielders of you know who who are the big dogs. That's pretty telling. He kicked an important late goal, but it wasn't a great night for Gaz, was it? Like it wasn't his best thirty disposal one goal game. That's for sure. He, he, I thought it was a pretty ordinary performance for. How good we know Gaz is. So, you know, people say, oh, don't write him off. We're not writing him off. He had a bad one. Yeah. Uh, he fumbled yeah. more than I've seen Gary fumble for Everness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, no late change for the Blues and the Power in their match, uh, which is uh, coming up, of course, as the first game of the afternoon. So no late change for either Carlton or Port Adelaide. Next, we turn our attentions to all the issues, both on and off the field, in the world of footy with The Crunch. It's for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge new range of models and the TAC. The award-winning crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale ends June 30. This is crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives. 
getting us towards zero. Anthony Hudson with Jared Waitley, Bob Murphy and the great Dermot Brereton. Big wins, of course, this round so far already by Richmond on Thursday night over the Swans. And last night, after the siren, Harry Taylor failing to convert his shot for goal and the Western Bulldogs win a thrilling game. Plenty of issues to discuss through the week as we get into the crunch and when we look back over all that happened over the last seven days, the injury to Adam Trelaw still stands out, Derm, as far as when we're trying to work out the contenders. Collingwood is now very much one of them. What sort of impact on reflection do you think Adam Trelaw will have on the pies from here? Well, obviously, you want your best players out there, but if there's one midfield that can semi-absorb an injury to a, an absolute A-grader, it's Collingwood. They're pretty well served at the moment. They've got guys who can step in there. And Pendlebury has started to find him for what... I mean, he's always got his 20-somethings in the last 18 months. I reckon he's starting to, to play really good footy again. So I think they can cover that loss. You don't have the tear-away speed. But... Just... They've got a good mix, don't they? Oh, Pendlebury, side bottom, Dugowie, like that's that's the three kinds, you know. That Adams power. gives you, you know, real muscle on the inside yeah, as bit well. Of a nasty streak. Yeah, and then when you you start to get, uh, uh, you know, their outside players uh, uh, are playing very well. I'd love to see and and chatting with Nathan occasionally off air and about Jaden Stevenson. I just would love to see him give him a shot running up and down a wing at some stage and let him sidestep a few. I, I think they're worried about, at this stage, you, you don't want to get somebody, some ruckman fall on him and collapse him, you know, and, and then have him really tired through to the end of the year. But they're protecting him a bit up forward, and he's, and he's doing great things up there. But uh, I'd love to see him unleashed in the midfield. Yeah, I'm still I'm still with Collingwood. I think they can cover Trelaw as good as good as he is. It's if they get another one though, that that that, that yeah. belief that no. they've harnessed all year, then we'll That's see. A, another widget falls. <laughs> 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 so the Dugowie deal has been front and square. A couple of movements throughout the week: the confirmation of the million dollar offer for five years from North Melbourne, and then what seems to be the indication from Dugowie to Collingwood he's going to stay. Is it, how do we read this, especially publicly, which I, I found the week utterly fascinating? It's the same way that I read. Melbourne real estate of going, that can't possibly be worth that, but of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to pay it, you know, I have to pay for that. So it, the, 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 the million dollars, I mean, I nearly fell out of my chair, but then thinking of the kind of players that you're going to pay that kind of money for, I totally get North Melbourne's bid for it. And he, I think he would it have speaks... been Googled more than the Travago girl this week. <laughs> <laughs> it, do, it does speak, uh, it does speak volumes, I think, for. The, the the shape that Collingwood are in at the moment of 12 months ago, you know, Dugowie was um, had fallen. It's but the landscape, Alan, though, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, I mean, he's right now. He's a very good player. But if you were to say, right on on a league scale, given the output, given where they are, right now, what's he worth this season? Right now, what what's he worth on the on the scale of what we assume to be correct? Is that Franklin's the top? wage earner, and you go through it, a few other million-dollar players. So $14 million players. So he's worth 
about six fifty, I reckon. I would say yeah, seven. I was, yeah, I'm fifty yeah. off you. I'd say seven hundred because he's shown some real game breaking capabilities. I'll go and just under that. I still think it's about five fifty. Yeah. So, so okay. So we're from five. On what is on what? In yeah, the, what's done this year? What's right in the now? Bank. So yeah. five. I don't want you bidding on my house, Bob. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> low ball, Bob. Um, so we're five fifty to seven hundred in the three of us in here. Um, to get a $650,000 player out of a club into another, you literally have to pay eight fifty nine hundred to get that player to go. Mm. You've got to pay 40 50% more than what he's probably worth to jackhammer him out of a club where you assume he's fairly comfortable yeah. at. So what, that's the landscape. What he's worth is the most irrelevant of all questions these days. Probably. It's just, it just doesn't sit there anymore. I, I felt the whole way through that that to going to leave ignores a whole lot of things that they would understand perfectly well on the inside, and that's not the least of which is Dugowie would understand that he's becoming this footballer because of how he's been nurtured and indulged and straightened out by Collingwood. So it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that yesterday there's the indication that he is going to stay and they just have to nut out the specifics of a deal. Oh, there's no doubt in footballing terms the corporal punishment, the equivalent thereof that they've given him, Collingwood, has... Has helped him. It's shaped, yeah. yeah. You think it's, yeah, it's shaped. Yeah, and you said that there's a tolerance there, but they've also given him a clip along the way through, and, and it's been a, if there's such a thing, it's, it's like the, the father that loves you, but he is heavy handed with you. That's what they've done to him. So I think he's the better character for it. And uh, I, I, I'm, I heard the question um, identified and, and mentioned to his, his manager. I think he does owe them a little bit. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's it, the the sometimes there's that notion, and, and sometimes player managers fall into this. Well, the bigger offer is better, so take the bigger offer. But that's that's quite short sighted. That if Jordan to go, he's happy where he is. He's playing good footy. He's at a good club at a healthy position. If he keeps that form up and plays for the next ten or twelve years, he's going to earn a lot of money. Well, he he's, he's done the. He's gone for the two-year contract, which gives him two years to get into the prime of his career. Yeah. He's coming back. It doesn't sound that far off. He's coming back to the table in 2020 if his career keeps going the way it has. He's coming back to the table, and he's he's looking for 1.4, 1.5. That's good. He's motivated. Yeah. He, wants to, he wants to make that stand. big ask, isn't yeah. it? He's not buying apartments, Bob, at that uh, rate. Did the Giants... <laughs> well, if he object- does, many of them. Did the Giants object too much to the... Objective too much to the Jeremy Cameron commentary. Well, I was probably one of the voices who think they were slapped around too hard. Um, they suffer from not having a an ex-player in the media who champions them. Every club has literally has somebody in the media who champions their cause, and whether it's a biased cause or not, it is a voice. They they suffer from not having that player. Um, I, I thought, yeah, he, he was always going to get suspended and, and probably myself having spent time there and the only person who knows these lads and the, the affinity I have with them is that as the world views them, the footballing world views them as, oh, top draft kid, uh, pick kids, always going to make it, always had the, the world given to them. or They're, they're, they're the silver spoon version of footballers you know what I was seeing these kids come in week in week out 
having their butts kicked in so hard their noses were bleeding and their 100 point loss after 100 point loss no matter where you are selected in that draft it was soul destroying for these kids and everyone at that club had to pick these boys up they're talented kids they're a good bunch of boys and i've seen the human side of them and i thought as much as he should have got weeks i thought he was fairly well assassinated in the media jeremy cameron it 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 Give, give, give me an example. Thing. Give me an so uh, the action I felt when we spoke on Sunday was worth five weeks. Don't worry about the personalities. The action and the action got five weeks. So I think in isolation the system actually worked extremely well. T- tell me exactly. how he was assassinated. Uh, I think his primary objective. Uh, this is my opinion, and a lot of people agree with it, um, and some don't. Uh, he wanted to go the ball. He's a forward. He wants the ball. He got there late. He made up his mind. And you can make up your mind in a microsecond you have to spoil. Then when he gets the shove, he takes evasive action. He's, and his evasive action is to hang the elbow out as the bumper bar. It strikes the boy in the jaw. He's going to get weeks. But his immediate intention was to go for the ball. He's in the air against another airborne player. So he's in the contest. And people say, oh, well, frame back from that and... Uh, um, he clenched his fist from four frames back. We're talking about 0.025 of a second here in those frames back. So I believe his intention was the ball. And, and he's a good mate of mine, ripping journalist. Ralphie comes straight on. Johnny Ralph and called him a thug. He's not a thug. He got it wrong. He was going the ball and he got it wrong in a microsecond. But to call him a thug was incorrect. Love you, Ralphie great journalist but that was the emotional tide and as soon as one journo picks up on that line it's almost a feeding frenzy for others to say this is unacceptable he should be wiped out for 10 weeks yeah. or that i'll it, dispute it, that part of it so the outliers were thug and dog acts and they the outliers are always to be ignored regardless that they're there but and while I accept what you say, and a jury of former players doesn't agree with that, as it was an intentional act in their view, is the actual incident in isolation It has no place in the game, and it's an action that has to be dealt with in the most severe way. And five, it couldn't be, in a way, it was either five or six. It couldn't be four I'll t- I'll in take... the way that the system operates. So as it operates. five, he actually got justice. So despite all the extraneous... Um, extravagances and and the flowery language that we use by a couple. The, the action actually got what it should get in the modern game. I'm going to ask you, was it an error? Do, do you think it was an error or do you think he aimed him up? I think to raise your elbow in such a circumstance, the game doesn't accept and won't tolerate. And I don't mind that. So in the definitions of these things... It's been decided that if you raise your elbow, there's an intent to strike. And that's how it's differentiated from careless. It certainly wasn't careless. Okay. And reckless has been removed. Awful, awful result. What happened to Welsh when he ran into and split James Hurd's skull open in Perth? Didn't Nothing, because he's a teammate. It was an accident oh, in the contest. Yeah, yeah, Accidents me. happen. Yeah. I, I, I am I, of the belief I know he exactly did what... not mean to hurt that lad. But I'm he not got sure. it terribly yeah. wrong. Sure, yeah. just... But I, well, I know what you're saying, Dermot, yeah. about that. The, the, the eyes are on the ball, eyes are on the ball. Then then the, then the boy comes in and Cameron sort of braces himself. I think there was another heart. When I watched it, my gut was there was an extra heartbeat there of 
I can see what is about to happen, and I'm going to lift it up. So for all that happened, the action still got the consequence. So I reckon the protesters was too much. No. And, and, uh, and yeah. one... Uh, well, we're, we're, we're going to disagree. The, in, yeah, the, the initial question yeah. of Huddo's was, did we think it was over the top? No, I, I, I think that footy clubs fighting for their corner and backing their players, even if it's over the top or even if it's to the point of slightly irrational, I, I, I think that's good. That's so how were you comfortable with it being described oh. as a dog act? or a no, 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 I think that's... You, no, you're, saying, no, you're, you're saying park them park away. Them. They and are the extremes there. and they're always to yeah. be ignored. I, I thought the one thing, we need to take a break, one thing, I thought the Clearly. criticism from Paul Ruse of the way the Giants handled it afterwards, I, I didn't agree with that. I mean, they had every right pretty much what they did. I, I, I had no problem with that. He's half dirty on me, Rusey. <laughs> good. <laughs> All right. We'll take, yeah, that is good. We'll take a break. A uh, little bit of quirky from Bevo when we come back, and then plenty more questions on the issues and the matches to come. This is Crunch Time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au. And the TAC safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Sixteen SEM, the award-winning crunch time. The Honda seven-year sale ends June 13. We've just been a very good side, a team that we think will be there at the end of the year. So it shows what we're capable of. And as long as we don't backtrack, you know, as long as we don't moonwalk from that. We've just got to keep pushing forward. I think Dan Hartman was the best moonwalker. As long as we don't um, Dan Hartman, uh, we've got to just keep looking ahead. Streets of fire. I thought that was right <laughs> up your alley, Doom. Oh, Dan, Dan Hartman. He also had another one called Number One Hit called Instant Replay. <laughs> yeah. He was a white man with a, 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 a black man's voice. He I was could, very good. I yeah. could sit here, Dermot, for hours and just talk to you about the 80s. I would, <laughs> I would love nothing more. Yeah. Hey, Dermot. Hey, hello, that, that came out. And it, it's, it's funny, you know, how music takes you a certain time. I was playing for Australia, V-Island, and I was standing in a nightclub, and the great Ross Glenn Denning was doing some of his finest work. And that song came on, and Roscoe started bobbing his head to it. And that <laughs> tiny signature moment, whenever Dan Hartman and I Can Dream About You comes on, the great Ross Glendening springs into mind in his the big barrel chest, leaning back on the bar and bobbing the head. <laughs> That's 1980s. That's magnificent. Uh, how good will Charlie Kerno be, Dan? I was just talking about it a second ago. We're watching him run out on the ground here. He has some weaponry, doesn't he, which um, very few who enter our game are gifted with from the, from the great one upstairs. He's, he's got size. He's got agility. He's got real good running capabilities. He's a wild Brumby derm. So he's got these raw materials of the, the leap and the, the running and the sense of sort of adventure, and he throws himself at the footy. I'm, you're a key forward, centre-half forward, who led to smart spots and the leading patterns. Do, when you watch him, do you, do you see a smart a smart forward? Yes. Yeah, and, the, and the, you know what I see is his nu- number one piece of armoury. When you get players who do multiple leads, and they might lead, if, if you were to put them on the tracker, at 80%, sometimes you know, peaking up to 100% of their pace, 
lead and run for 250, 300 metres. When they finally get to the point where they have to elevate and jump at the footy, they're knackered and they get about 50% of what their spring has. He's got 100% spring at the end of a hard run. He still elevates up beyond what the others can do. So as long as he can keep that body fit, keep running his man into the ground, he'll elevate. And that's why he, for most of last week, Hutto, he was on two opponents and he beat them. He was extraordinary last week. I, 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 in, in my estimations, I think I gave him the two votes on reflection, uh, uh, only because he was in the losing team, I probably should have given him three votes in the losing team. He was did Cripps get the three, though? Oh, I can't remember who I gave it to now. <laughs> Surely but, you did. Yeah. It, it was the performance, though, is that the ones who emerge have that day, and he had that day last week. Will Tom Lynch play again for the Suns, out for the remainder of the season? Is that it? Uh, I hope he does. I hope you do. You know how I feel about the captains. Uh, Anthony, you started all that. But I, I, I just have a... I've got a hunch that he'll stay. Part of it's hope, but it's got a hunch. I hope he does for the sport. For it, I mean, the Suns, for me, are a 25-year um, gamble, and we've got to give them that much time to try and solidify that area of the market. And they're always going to have their detractors and the people who say it's not happening, but I think it'll leave a monster hole if he, if he departs, although it, pro- it will allow them to get in two or three pretty good players not not champions but players bordering on or capable of stepping into star status if they can get those from free agency and the likes with that uh, wage up there uh, up their sleeve but i hope he stays and then there was the slightly weird one during the week of stephen, stephen may, may. I mean, if they lost both co-captains... That just can't happen. So where did, where did that come from, Jared? Well, I... well, this is the hard part about the way the, the player market is at the moment, is where does it come from? Yeah. Well, that's been my question all week. Where has that come from? Why has this been made public? Whose purposes does it suit for this to come out? So how did Stephen May... I'll tell you one thing. When, we were on, when I was on the board, Jason and I, and uh, we'd look at opposition teams, we'd hear of players coming out we say we oh, we'll never get him we'll just put the feeler out and then used to come the statement let's make him pay anyway <laughs> check, oh. up, check up their price Keep bid, 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 at, bid. Their, at their current club so they can't pinch any of yours so i think there was a bit of brinkmanship with the Stephen May Yeah, although well, he's just signed his contract, so there's yeah. no reason for that to be part of it. That's what made Gee, that, that one particularly weird. Yeah, yeah that yeah. can be like termites. That because with, with Lynch out for the rest of the year, so, I mean, you look at the termites. Gold Coast for the, for the rest of the, you know, eight weeks to go, that they could experience some horrendous losses. That's what you're sort of watching and brace yourself. If it goes down that path, then the Stephen May thing becomes, that becomes real then of... So the eyes go on and go, oh, well, do you, do you really want to be here? God, that'd be disastrous. Yeah. Uh, can, can West Coast scrounge enough wins in the meantime to remain top four contenders without their forward stars? Sitting on 40 uh, points at the moment. Well, they've got uh, eight games to go, nine, nine for them, including this weekend, eight plus this weekend. Yeah, I think they can. Uh, what, Darling's another four weeks off. Yes, isn't he? Yeah, Kennedy's but Lacra, not too fine. Lacra's out as well. Lacra's going, going out. It's uh, it's going to be a real burden for them, isn't it, to, to rectify 
this this inability to kick goals, it was glaringly obvious within 20 minutes of footy last week, and they're going to have the same issue. It looked like it lost. They lost their confidence, though, didn't it? It wasn't just the, mm. the to go forward. Like, yeah, yeah. it was missing. Well, yeah. So, how do you feel, Huddo, in the build-up to it? Because this is. This is an incredible match now. Adelaide can come back. That's difficult a, to pick. Yeah, they've had a yeah, remarkable well, couple of weeks. All of a sudden, the pressure's on Adelaide. I mean, they're, they're the clear favourites to win this game. That'd be a disaster for them if they were to lose this. No, win easy, Hutto. Adelaide will? Yeah. West Coast were horrendous early last week. Then they missed a lot of shots at goal, and that could have changed the way that game. So maybe it was just a horror performance, but it's going to be hard for them to kick a winning score. One last question, Bob. Did Nat Fife really just serve plain toast and honey to you for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes. No. Well, I, I had some Vegemite. He opted for the for the for the honey. But who who knew Brownlow medalist licked the knife after the? I know. Moment, so I couldn't. That was the most. That was almost the most shocking thing of the interview. He I've licked, recorded. I have to admit, I haven't seen. Just, what What did he say he did? He, he lick. He, he made his toast. He had the butter and the honey, and then yeah. he licked the knife. I, you what, can't you lick the butter. I licked the honey off. You are not off the knife. The knife liquor, yeah. Jeez, you are living on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Pull us up, Pato. Get us out of here. I think with sirens about to sound on crunch time, thank goodness for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Plenty of footy to come, so stay tuned for all of that. Doom's going to moonwalk onto, off onto the rest of his <laughs> afternoon. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Jared. Hope you've enjoyed yeah, crunch yeah. time, everyone. See you, boys. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.